Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm Rich Fay and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by the very cheerful Kieran Kelly. Hello again. And Charlotte Dunker. Hi. Negative Nancy, that's what I was trying to think of, that's what you used oh. to call yourself. But you, are you, are you I would po- like to point out that okay. I was the only person feeling optimistic that United would in come. In the world? <laughs> Probably, well it, f- it felt like that. No, in our, our office everyone was after obviously 10 minutes unsurprisingly writing United off and I well I said Fellaini was going to pop up with the winner in the 89th close slightly wrong but I'm going to take it better than what most people predictions yeah Kieran again and again we say this every week (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like it's repeating how I usually joke about you're the lucky person goes to the games but it was almost enjoyable the game on Saturday wasn't it bizarrely United started really bad that first First half, United, would you say that's the worst they've ever played in as a Mourinho? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's just crazy saying that only a week after West Ham that you think those scars would still be present, the players would perform, but they're so low in confidence. And when that second goal went in, uh, the heads went down, the shoulders slumped, and you kind of thought this is going to be a, a long afternoon. And Newcastle were winless going into this. Um, weren't exactly tearing up the charts for goals scored, yet they found themselves 2 0 up. Uh, it's 10 minutes. Newcastle taking the lead all season, wasn't it? In the game? Yeah, I think it was. And I know they have a, a couple of handy players, but you think of someone like Kennedy, Mourinho would have knows them well, would have warned, you know, close them down the earliest opportunity. And they just had so much yeah. space, didn't they, at the back? It was. It was just. Um, it made you think, you know, whatever Mourinho had told them had gone in one ear and, and out the other. It just it makes you wonder if he told them anything. Yeah, just, <laughs> what was the point? Well, it makes it. We've said this before, haven't we? It makes the way they played. What do they? You question do what generally? do they do Monday to Friday on the training mm. ground? Like genuinely, do they turn up at Carrington? That was the state of the first half performance because you just thought there's absolutely no way that they've practiced anything, drills, defending. Mm. It was an absolute shambles, really, wasn't it, the first mm. half? Yeah, I mean, fans were actually leaving. Um, I've, I've never seen that before at Old Trafford because, you know, it is That's for a lot of people, it's a big well, day out. But, yeah. you know, to, to leave after 10 minutes, um, convinced. Good, I really? think yeah. I think everyone in that stadium, you wouldn't have gotten anyone who would have thought what happened against City where they went 2-0 down at halftime was going to happen again because there was literally nothing you could take from that. They were... Getting back into it, they were just relying on Young's delivery, second balls, the bounce of the ball, and there was no cohesive plan. And I think even up until Mata's goal, you could say the same. Um, I think that was just such a turning point. And the thing is, it came from a set piece. Um, So I don't know what you could take from it, but given how poor Newcastle have been, it's hard to read too much into it. It's obviously an amazing response, but I don't think we'll really learn a lot till... um, after the international break of whether this is going to be a turning point for this team again or whether it's going to be one of the few highlights of, of the next month. Yeah, I was going to ask you that, Charlotte. I mean, it's a weird one because you can't be that... It's difficult to be really critical after you have just pulled off a comeback win like that. And it's sort of papering over the cracks. Of, you got the sense that some United fans maybe wanted them to, to lose and they were teeing all down because for Mourinho's sort of agenda and the way he looks at it now and maybe the board look at it, it, it is a win and you can't be too critical after that. But I the manner think, of it was mm-mm. so bad. I don't... Th- if the board have got it on their agenda that Mourinho's not the right man and that he's going, whether it's in the next month, before Christmas, after Christmas, whatever they've got in their head, I don't think that a comeback against Newcastle at home is going to drastically change their opinion. 
in terms of his future, yeah. it might help and be the turning point in terms of players pushing on better performances. But I can't see that it's going to be the game that saves his Manchester United. I mean, I could be dr- I could be wrong. It could. You're never wrong. Well, that's not true. <laughs> Projected the results. I know. I'm a mystic Meg from negative Nancy to mystic She's Meg. Got all the nicknames, isn't she? <laughs> but I just, like you said, it's papering over the cracks. Feel good factor after the game. Last minute winner coming back from two 0 down is a great way to go into the international break. But we had this before the last international break against Burn uh, when they played against Burnley. Yeah. Okay, it wasn't a comeback. But it was a solid performance and they won 2-0. And then international break, everyone's like, yeah, they're going to come back after this and this is going to, they're going to kickstart the season. And look what happened. It was just an absolute disaster. So I'm not... The game against Chelsea is obviously going to be, going to be yeah, the biggest... It's horrible, isn't it? We're well, hard to watch, maybe. For you I mean, it could, could be... If they, if they play the way they played in the first half against Newcastle, they'll find themselves like 5-0 down at half-time and they're not coming back from that. So you've just got to hope that they'll look back at that first half against Newcastle and think maybe that is the worst. We've hit the lowest point we can hit now. And Again, we said that last week as well, didn't we? I know, but they've got, they just keep finding new lows and it's quite unbelievable to watch. They do break expectations, don't they? Yeah, yeah, and not in a good way. Yeah, not in a good way at all. Um, Kieran as well, the Charlotte was alluding to it then. These next couple of games, we've got the Chelsea, we've got Juventus, we've got Juventus twice. Uh, do you think that the board are going to judge Mourinho based on the performances or the, just the results? I mean, because playing against these bigger teams, maybe the, the ones that could really punish United, do you think if they were to lose but play spirited, that would be enough for fans to see the positives and they can hold their hands up and say, well, we're not at their level at the moment, at least we gave it a go? Or do you think they have to get a result in one of those games. I, I think the performance is, is very important because um, I think if they go out, as, as we said already, and play a first half like that again, you know something, we know something isn't right behind the scenes, but um, if this doesn't bring everyone together, then nothing will, you know, because you had the fans, you had the players, you had the manager, you had, everyone was kicking uh, each ball and everyone was united for one of the few times this season. So um, I do think... Um, you know, United could feasibly find themselves back in the bottom half again soon. Um, we know it's only going to take back-to-back defeats for this to come back again. And, and this is the thing that every time you, you almost put a valve back in and it's taken out, it's just even more pressured. So um, I think they really do need to, to put in a, at least a good performance because um, you couldn't have two tougher games really. Chelsea are, you know, in brilliant form, very good at home. United have a terrible record at Stamford Bridge, and then Juventus, obviously, um, so much quality and so good at the back. And this is the problem for United is they're only they had this, you know, in in the spring last season as well. They had to go one or two down to uh, That's the to, problem to play at their yeah. best. You can't do that against uh, a Chelsea or Juventus. You can't rely on that tactic. So. Um, I think if they can get through the first 10 minutes of both those games, that's progress because they're 2-0 down against Newcastle at that stage. So that's the real worry at the defence now that um, they just look so vulnerable every time. And unless United throw caution to the wind and play to their attack's strengths, they're just going to really struggle, I think, which you know needs to be addressed. Against Newcastle, some changes by Mourinho did, did influence the game, but... As we said against maybe West Ham, do, do you feel that Mourinho's tactics were maybe luck rather than insight? Or 
Well, one of his tactics was to start Scott McTominay, which I thought was an interesting one. So in some ways, the master of his own downfall, because if he maybe picked a different... He just made a bad mistake than made, then put it right himself, didn't he, really? Yeah. And Bailly oh, was the first one to get hooked. And <laughs> to be fair, there wasn't many of them that deserved to stay on the pitch no. at halftime. McTominay was the next one to get hauled off. And then you see Fellaini coming on, the saviour of Manchester United Football Club. And it just... I know it's depressing, but it shows the difference when you look back through the years. The players that United used to bring on to, if they were chasing a game, they'd be creative, attacking-minded players. Nothing against Fellaini. To be fair, he's come and he's done a decent job. He's done what he's been asked to do when he's um, come to United and he's proved to be important on times. But I just feel like he embodies Mourinho's yeah. tactics and you'll always act- the transfer that yeah. you, you sort of talk about I know he'll be signed by Moyes but you'll always think Mourinho, Mourinho Bayer, Bayer. Yeah. yeah and that's the sort of football that a lot of United fans don't want to see the team playing so when you see someone coming on like that it's like mm, great Fellaini's coming on but to, to be fair it had had the right impact but we were talking about before that it was a tactical change with um, Pogba which helped as much as anything with him dropping back deeper into midfield and there's been reports say that was Pogba's idea in the dressing room as if he's some sort of cavalier who drops back and leads it by himself do you believe any of that Kieran or do you think it was just play deeper get the ball I, and maybe just that's a way for Pogba to actually get on the ball yeah, to get yeah, yeah. High up on the I pitch. think I think the players are encouraged um, I know the derby game last season the players and indeed the the more junior coaches were all chipping in it's not just Mourinho Mourinho obviously makes the final decision but um, in those kind of times, he invites people to to suggest, um, but for sure it's um, Mourinho's idea. I mean, I think a lot of people were scratching their heads when you think Pogba for so long, it's the left of a midfield three. That's what's been rammed down people's throats, that you can only play in that system. But um, with France, and now that second half was an example of how he can run a game from deep and, and break forward, and that's what he did against the, in the derby last season as well. So... Um, I think it raises it raises the the main point that they don't really have anyone who can bring the ball out from the back that is in favour at the moment because Lindelof isn't trusted to to move past the halfway line. Smallin has his issues, so um, perhaps that's a way around as a short term solution until they eventually look at getting a centre back in. Is that you play Pogba in a, a deeper role and you sacrifice maybe what you you get further forward at times um, because. You know their build-up play was so poor in that first half. Uh, you you know you were you were looking at the two teams, and Newcastle looked like the team with World Cup winners, multi-million pound signings, and that's a team who made a profit this summer in the transfer market. So um, again, it's it's just we're you know eight league games in, and we still don't know how this United team should play, what system works, and what personnel, um, and that that's crazy. Yeah, we mentioned him before Mourinho signs Sanchez on Saturday proved to be the match winner. It was one of those moments where you can imagine that's why he left Arsenal to have those winners in front of the Stretford end. It wasn't maybe a typical Sanchez goal, sort of cushioned header at the back post where no one could really see him. But what do you make of the performance? Charlotte, were you impressed by him? Or do you think this could be a turning point? I know, as Kieran said, hindsight's going to be the real factor in this and who knows what United will do over the next few games. But... Chelsea, Juventus, these are the type of games where Sanchez can really prove that he has to sort of turn the table at United. Well, you'd think that, but you look back to the big games since he's since he's 
joined in January. I wouldn't say that he's really stepped Other up. Other than the Spurs semi-final, maybe. For Darby as well, he was all right, wasn't he? Couple, all right. A couple of yeah. assists. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> generous. <laughs> well, no, you, you expect if someone's on 400 grand a week, they should be winning your matches every second week. Yeah. Well, if, even if we take the money out of it, since he's cut, since, even if... His best game's got Geoval on day. <laughs> I mean, that says it all. If... I think expectations are obviously going to be really, really high, but something's just not clicked since he's since he's arrived at the club. Do you think club. it's the formation? Maybe. Do you think maybe because last season I feel I did feel sorry for him because he had no overlapping left back because there was no Shaw. Yeah. So he always had to. He couldn't really cut inside because he had no what no one to sort of offer him the support and the diversion. But Shaw's been in, gr- in great but now, form Shaw's from back, this season. So there's no. Yeah, he's been and Sanchez has been preferred on the left hand side. Yeah. Dropped him. Brought him on comes on scores a match winner maybe he's one of them players that needs something like to be dropped and then to be brought on and yeah i'm now going to prove a point to you i can't imagine him not starting against chelsea and you just hope that maybe they were talking about after the game i think it was lukaku you need he needs that confidence booster and he said he doesn't he doesn't see anyone better on the training ground. Well, if he's United's best player on the training ground, then where's it where's it all suddenly going wrong? Why mm-hmm. can't he bring that form that he has in training onto the pitch? And maybe it is a confidence thing if you're going out there and every week it's like, what a waste of money. Not coming from the United fans, but it's always coming from the away yeah. fans. Maybe he just needs that break and hopefully, like you say, 89th minute winner in front of the Shretford and you're not going to get many of them in your career. So hopefully he's going to take that as a confidence booster, work these next two weeks and then come back a different player against Chelsea. But time yeah. will tell. And um, we've also sort of run out of excuse. We used to give Sanchez leeway saying how he's never had time off during international mm, breaks and mm. stuff. We always used to say he's a tired player, giving time out, having that pre-season off, it'll be absolutely fine. He showed glimpses pre-season as well and during pre-season, maybe, and again, this is clutching at straws, maybe some of his better performances early in that shit came during friendly fixtures, but they played in the front two of Mata through the middle, something maybe going into these big European games, using a false nine, giving Lukaku a rest. Do you think Sanchez could could have a future United playing in a central role, Kieran? I mean, we saw him at Arsenal. I think back to that game against mm. West Ham for Arsenal, he scored a hat-trick, maybe even four goals. Yeah, his best goal-scoring season, wasn't it? Yeah, I think the problem is he... He loves playing on the left and Mourinho's indulged him and the only time he started him out of that position was against Valencia on the right and it wasn't any better. So um, I take the point that, you know, shock tactics, but when he was dropped for West Ham, he was just as poor as usual mm-hmm. against Valencia. So I, I'm still not convinced. I thought actually he was quite, you know, his, his touches were heavy. It was the same old, same old until the header and I we won't really know till the Chelsea game what kind of effect that has on him, but he's he's a fearless character and he's played in front of really intimidating stadiums all through his career. So I don't think the crowd necessarily is is getting to him. I just think we're we're at a stage now where, you know, it's it'll be soon a year since he moved and you're wondering will it ever happen for him? You know, already you're kind of thinking you're looking at all the excuses, formation manager, everything else, but the player hasn't really put his hand up to, to yeah, say... Yeah, take responsibility, yeah, yeah. doesn't he? To say, you know, um, this is how I work. Because he's a direct player. I mean, um, Arsenal play very differently. Barcelona play very differently. But uh, he made his name as a direct player at Udinese. He isn't, you know, someone who is all about tricks and flicks. You know, he, he should... He is a Mourinho player on paper, you know. Um, but it's just not worked and it's not clicked. And... Um, I, I think, you know, just as Pogba 
took a game by the scruff of the neck when the chips were down and showed he was a leader. Um, he has to do the same now um, because I think the fans are at the point where, you know, you saw against Valencia, how he was told to hurry up <laughs> as he, you know, gently jogged off the pitch. So I think it, it's on him now to, to build on from that and, you know, to have only scored four goals since January, it's it's not great. No, not at all. And I guess finally we've got these two games that we've been speaking about ahead. Charlotte, are you going to return to negative Nancy? Chelsea and Juventus. What do you think United fans' realistic hopes are going to this game? And do you think there's any players who have played themselves into the reckoning to feature in both of those? Um, looks like Eric Bain, Scott McTominay might not be uh, featuring in either of them. But You'd hope that Scott McTominay is not going to be starting at Stamford Bridge, but who knows? Up there, Mourinho favourite. I actually yeah. thought he should have rested Lukaku at the weekend. It, and again, that's one of the few ch- chances he'll have maybe mm. in a few weeks to have rested Lukaku. Yeah. But it just seems like he'll be really tired again heading into an even busier spell of the season. Yeah. And even before we came on air, Kieran was saying United have just had their, their sort of easy spell on paper, haven't they? And now it's going to get the real challenges. Yeah. I'm not saying he should uh, wrest Lukaku against Chelsea, by the no. way. That was he what I thought he should have done. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. this week going back but he didn't and it's just a shame that Lukaku doesn't have a slight niggle to keep him out of the international breaks I think he could have he looks like he needs a couple of weeks rest rather than going away on international duty but players that have played their way into the team obviously Pogba but when does he not pick yeah. him even if he plays poorly I think the poorly. midfield selection is the big one really maybe going into those two games I mean mm. someone like Fellaini again you say do you start him or do you bring him on as an impact sub if you need him you, I mean, Juventus have a very strong midfield themselves. You can imagine they're going to out muscle United, maybe there. Yeah, he's not gone in his midfields that he's picked recently. He's not gone apart from that first Leicester game when he went for quite an attacking midfield. Brighton, yeah. Three, same yeah, way. the same there. We've not seen that since. So it's going to be a very cautious, packed out, defensive minded um, midfield. Maybe Pogba will be playing deep again alongside Matic because that's what seemed to work, albeit it was against Newcastle. But. Some, it's just at the back you've got you're just terrified at the back <laughs> if they look that fragile against Newcastle what are they going to look like against a team that can actually properly attack and that's no disrespect to Benitez's no, side no. but the <laughs> teams that they're going to come up against in the next two weeks are a totally different class and it is going to be an absolute embarrassment if well, they, if they can't keep up Kennedy, they've got the best player in the Premier League coming up against them, and even Hazard. They've got the best probably striker maybe in, in Europe, maybe in the history of, of football coming up against them in Ronaldo. It's going to be interesting to see <laughs> how Lindelof and uh, Small and cope with that. Yeah, I suppose you could flip it on the other side that coming up against such big opponents is when they'll come into their own. Because We saw it last season, didn't we? Yeah. Times. We saw Ashley Young pocket Mo Salah when he was during like, his hottest spell. If, you, if you're being an optimist, you'd say it like that. But because their men- mentality has been <laughs> so wrong against all the so-called lower sides, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. the same car crash, as I said before, happening again. West Ham, Newcastle, Brighton, you know, the same poor performances where the attitude's not been right from the first whistle. Whereas you think, in theory, playing against Chelsea, Juventus, I think, you know, a lot of fans, maybe all of them would take two draws, delighted yeah. with two nil-nils. That's a st- stable results two clean sheets I think that's solid that's, performance yeah. yeah without looking at how that would affect them in the tables I think that's that's what they need right now and then you go into your kind of Everton and Bournemouth and obviously the derby coming up uh, next doesn't month doesn't get any easier does it no, Mourinho, but no. you're both off to Stamford Bridge you both are you excited for that I mean after two weeks off you might just be almost naively optimistic going into a game away at Chelsea but maybe on the contrary Chelsea the team who go into it joint top of the table United don't 
I know it's not the way underdogs you want to go into, the ones. Yeah, that's what I was say. United don't want to go into games against their, their rivals as the underdogs, but it might suit the the way they do it. I mean, yeah, it's the we've way had, we've seen conflicting sort of performances at Stamford Bridge over the last few years from United, yeah. in particular. But it could suit them. Yeah, it's the way Mourinho likes it. Bizarrely, you know, he, he spent more than three hundred seventy million. Yet he always likes to portray United as the underdogs, given that City are obviously such a such a well backed club. But um, yeah, I mean, I think the approach last season got him a lot of stick, um, similar to the Liverpool game where he went there and. Uh, so cautious. Yeah, they did. You know, you had Rashford playing up top with Lukaku. Yeah, it just didn't really work. And he threw on Fellaini, and it was Fellaini who had the best chance of the game. So, um, it'd be, it's a really tough one for him because he's never come up against a Sarri team before. So that's going to be a huge shock. Um, I've no doubt because um, no one's yet worked out how to stop a Sarri team, uh, Chelsea, this season. Properly, anyway. So, um, video tunnel was Oh, yeah, that's true. So, maybe he was watching, he'll watch that over the international break about a million times and think, oh, I need a flair just like that. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose he's just gonna have to stifle. And the, the plan B is yeah. then to how to get a goal on the break. But it's gonna have to be Machiavelli and Mourinho. Yeah. Results will justify the means by any means necessary, really. Indeed. I think that's all we've got time for today, sadly, though. But we will be back. <laughs> We next will. week uh, who knows what we'll have to reflect on then England will have played once who knows you're still on the high of the World Cup Charlotte as an England supporter um, not bothered at all are you not really you don't know who they're playing do you Spain and same team who knocked them out Croatia there we go that's <laughs> the, the insight we have on the Manchester <laughs> World podcast so patriotic yeah <laughs> Well, here we go again. England, Wales play Ireland as well this week, so this mm. could be the last Nobody time. Nobody asked about them. Could be the last time myself and Kieran ever speak to each other in public. We shall see. Could be a fiery next podcast. It could be a fiery next oh. podcast. As long as you will join me, Kieran, we'll be back next week. Yes, always. As Locked always. in. <laughs> and Charlotte, who knows of your wild lifestyle, where you will be, but we hope to have you back soon. <laughs> Thank you very Thanks. much for joining us on the Manchester is Red podcast. Make sure to subscribe on Acast for all the latest episodes.